0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Action Movie Anatomy. We are back after a one-week hiatus. I think like only the fourth week we've ever taken off in the history of the entire show. We careen towards episode 100, and we have a very special episode for you today. We're breaking down the absolute worst Mission Impossible movie of all time. But it stars Tom Cruise, so it's still better than like every other movie in the world. Mission Impossible 2, guys. We're breaking it down for you. you will see in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talks Action Movie Anatomy.
1: Boo! I know Boom! why you want to hate
0: me. I know why you want to hate me.
1: Except we didn't do that when we were in no. 10. We did like, we just went like this. No, no, it was like headbang. <laughs> I
0: don't
1: know what middle school you were at. I was, Ben and I were both pretty chubby. <laughs> <Very up>. chubby. <laughs> All right, yeah! Boom! That's it's, our show guys Thanks for tuning in Thanks for tuning in We'll see you next year <laughs> Alright Kill the all right, music all right, Jesus Christ! Everyone on audio just crashed If they were driving
0: <laughs> What's up everybody <laughs> Welcome to the show Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy Boom Dude that uh, was lit As they say As the young lit. kids say Yeah 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 So uh, <laughs> this is Action Movie Anatomy We talk action movies on this show And uh, you were just listening to the song I believe it's called Take a look around By the band Lint Biscuit They were all
1: the same Yeah They all sounded the same. (laughs) They
0: really did. (laughs) Um, But uh, anyway, guys, we talk action movies here. It's the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking pop culture, bucketfuls of pop culture. Mm -hmm. It's a brand new thing, right? We've expanded. We're, We're now not just movies. We're all kinds of things. And we've been doing this show for 96 episodes. This is our 97th, yeah. This is 97 right now. Yeah. And believe it or not, guys, as much as we love Tom Cruise... We still haven't covered Mission Impossible 2 after 96 episodes. There
1: are still a few
0: cruisers out there that we have not covered yet, and uh, this one feels appropriate. I think we established a couple weeks ago on the show, like, probably there's seven left or so.
1: Right, so, like, that we could technically do, like, we could do the Oblivion, we could do War of the Worlds, we could do Yes, yeah, so let's see, Oblivion,
0: MI1 and 2. <clears throat> yep. We could do War of the Worlds. I th- I mean, J. Climber Hammett's always telling us, I think it's him, who always says we should do Night and Day. Which is like Oh yeah Night and Day And uh, my sisters love that movie It's actually not horrible He's got a couple great And scenes. then
1: uh, Days of Thunder Yeah Is Days the, of the other Thunder one. Directed
0: by Tony Scott <clears throat> um, yeah, I would say those are probably I mean that's probably, already Seven movies Those are pro, And then we got The Mummy coming up
1: Those are our next Eight films we're covering guys
0: <laughs> Got The Mummy and MI6 so. Oh by the way
1: I'm Andrew Guy You can find me At Andrew Guy On Instagram and Twitter And you can find our Podcast on Twitter at MA (laughs) Podcast. Let me finish. God damn it, let me finish. (laughs) Uh, You guys
0: can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, There's so much cool stuff going on other than just Tom Cruise's filmography. And uh, some of those things are that the fans of this show, beautiful, wonderful, Uh, Just magnificent fans of this show have created a Facebook fan page for Action Movie Anatomy. Uh, What I think
1: was so cool about it was like I was following along with the chat, and yeah, it's actually... The chat itself, or the page itself is called Action Movie Anatomy Fan Page, and you guys are welcome to join, uh, request that, and of course we'll let you in. Yeah. Um, The chat was just blown up last week. It's actually the last few weeks it's been going crazy, Uh, but last week for Saving Private Ryan... A handful of our guys in there that are that are big fans were just like, "Why isn't there a page for this? Why don't we do?" And it just happened yeah. within within like twenty to thirty minutes. Yep. I like that.
0: It was amazing, and the conversations have been great. I've been doing this thing on this brand new app I'm on called Anchor, which mm-hmm. is like Twitter meets podcasting. Where every Tuesday, I'm counting down one of my 50 favorite movies in order. I ranked my 50 favorite movies of all time. Yes, Mission Impossible Two is not on the list. It shouldn't be. It's not on the list. <laughs> uh, but I've been counting down, and I have now. I've got a few of you guys who have been calling in and sharing your 50 yeah. with me, which is fun. And so now on the page, a few others have been like, "Here's my 50 favorite movies."
1: It's awesome, and it's it's one of those things where uh, Twitter is so interactive that we lose a lot of things that go if you know we can't check it at every minute of every day on the facebook page we can have ongoing conversations there's already been like 20 or 30 posts with numerous responses on there um it's awesome and ben and i are also it's one of those things where we can just kind of hey we're about to sit down and watch this movie why don't you guys tune in with us like we we can just send in quick videos and blurbs and and posts in there uh it's kind of a way to just talk to us a little bit more intimately
0: yes and so last but not least guys you may be watching or listening for the first time because you found us on the ultimate movie trivia Schmodown in the doubles league, yes, we had our second match yesterday. We it did. was <sighs> insanity. It was
1: the one of the greatest matches of all time. Ben had a challenge that went through. You will not see that on the episode. It went into quadruple overtime, yeah. where both teams had a chance to win. But who won?
0: It was the full. It was the first multiple overtime match in Schmodown history.
1: History and. Uh, there were champions in the room, and everyone was blown away by, I think it was maybe the greatest episode of the Schmodown ever.
0: <laughs> it's, there's been some pretty phenomenal episodes. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I would put this up there in the, in the upper pantheon. I've, I've watched literally every episode of the Schmodown that's ever been made, even the old ones before they yeah. were on Collider, and this was amazing. Ken Knapsack, Rachel Cushing, such amazing opponents. Yeah, they're
1: incredible. They're just incredible competitors, and their knowledge is, is out of this world, and... Uh, And if you guys want a little teaser Ben and I got the action adventure category On the
2: wheel So go ahead and watch the episode We'll see how it goes Yeah. Yeah. Obviously guys what you could have used to just automatically win Is this adorable picture of Ben As Lynn Biscuit (laughs) As a child, I was
0: dressing up as Limp Biscuit for Halloween. Oh, that's a lie. I just God. wore I just wore that hat to school. Th- that's about. his
2: daily outfit. Alf- so this was
0: inspired <laughs>
2: by Mr. Fred Durst.
0: Yes, in two thousand. I mean, I think this is probably literally the same year this movie came out. Is it is his picture that's was what
2: <laughs> great Halloween costume, but I'm assuming it was not. Meant ben, to be. uh, we got Stephen Lemieux in the booth. Everybody, how you doing, Stephen? I'm doing pretty good. Stephen is the executive producer of this network and co creator of this show. Yeah, just I- to shout out the guy who's always negative in the YouTube comments. Uh, Six minutes into the show, guys, and you haven't started talking about Mission Impossible We're too. gonna get there, right? We're gonna get
1: there. <laughs> We've mentioned it. We've mentioned things. Adjacent. There's just some
2: random dude who keeps commenting that on all the popcorn talk videos. Right. They're not even talking about the movie. He's yeah. like, he just goes in to find out how long it takes before they talk about the movie. He's like, that's Steven.
0: This episode is Mission Impossible adjacent. Yes. It's not actually about the... No, I'm just kidding. So uh, anyway, guys, that's the that's the whole precursor. That's our preamble. Let's get into what we're going to talk about today on the show. We talk action movies, and those action movies adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one. The hero is always the smartest guy in the room. The hero always plays by his own rules. I was going to say when you don't have. The, we the don't have own... our outlines today, and it's amazing. <laughs> after doing a hundred episodes, we don't
1: even know the rules to this damn show. Uh, the rule number one is the hero always plays by his own rules.
0: And yeah, of course he does. Tom I Cruise,
1: mean, Denzel, uh, Hugh Jackman. These yeah. are people that always play by their own rules. Yeah. Mel Gibson,
0: Ethan Hunt is like the definition of your own rules. Rule number two: the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. I mean, absolutely. One yeah. knows everything about the Chimera virus. Chimera yeah. okay, virus.
1: Hunt. Hunt. <laughs> Hunt And he uh, He was the He was the only agent Out there That could replicate Ethan Hunt's work Because because.
0: of looks And because of cunning Because of Ruthlessness (laughs) He's as ruthless As he is cunning That's what it was Uh, Rule number three The movie is driven by A police, military, political Or mercenary figure He's part
1: of the Impossible Mission Task Force Yeah the
0: IMF Led by
1: Anthony Hopkins
0: Yes Rule number For a movie
1: For a movie
0: Yeah, rule number four The uh, movie contains a minimum of one explosion Definitely Shooting bombs from a distance And blowing them up Yes Lots of hazardous waste Being shot by guns Uh, A lot of things Everything explodes in this movie In slow motion with doves Yeah, there's C4
1: at the door Yeah, the (laughs) backflip.
0: Yeah Kick It's a little smorgasbord Of uh, (laughs) explosions Of of 90s things So uh, that's This movie I think hits all the rules Mm -hmm. Let's jump into the trailer For Mission Impossible 2 And we're going to get into A thesis right after
1: It's a a fine trailer
0: Yeah It's not bad
1: It was the time It was the time
0: I mean 2000's pretty old Yeah 17 years ago
1: You know I don't know why it's R This movie wasn't rated R You see that It must have been before They changed uh, the the rating When it got released
0: Crazy (laughs) John Woo
1: (laughs) What are you doing there
0: Look, man, he does dangerous stuff. Okay. In possibly
2: the most masculine activity for people, right? Like.
0: And then he does the. Does the. The
2: Oh my god! I remember seeing this trailer.
0: I like my thesis statement is being reinforced by the minute.
2: (laughs) Sunglasses. I I think mine
1: is as
0: well.
2: Yeah. Good morning, Mr. Hunt. This is I where Oakley's became popular. Oh, yeah. It is
0: funny that Anthony Hopkins is only in the one movie.
2: It just bothers me.
0: And it's like also, when you
1: hear his voice in the beginning, you yeah. think you should just never you know? see him.
0: Yeah, totally. totally.
1: Andy so, Newton is so hot in this movie. He's really hot. Oh, my God.
2: Can I just say that designing something to display a message that. You have to put on your face, and then it explodes. Yeah. is not yeah, the best just, like idea. Remember,
0: even as a kid, I was watching this. Like that just seems stupid. Right. It's dangerous, yeah, and that's point. what Cruz is good at. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lufa!
2: mother of all nightmares is on the loose.
0: Cruz is like the I don't think glasses have to actually explode you in need real need life. Difficult. You have to make them actually explode. Make them explode. explode. And I need to get them off my face just in yeah. time. Tom, this is this is
2: ludicrous. <laughs> I love that they show the scene of him well, dangling from the wire the again. And it's like two movies in a row. Yeah. This is a necessary skill. Well, they're
1: showing, like, the everything. <laughs> the front Yeah, wheelie. the front <laughs> wheelie. <laughs> Difficult to be a walk in the park for you.
0: Because
1: he turns and shoots while he's doing it, right? <laughs> the,
0: the him skidding his feet on the ground with the motorcycle? That's sweet. Yeah. I don't care what you say. <laughs> and completely preposterous.
1: Tom Cruise did it in real life. No. Yeah. He
0: did that move in real life?
1: did that in real life. He did all... It's Tom Cruise, dude. He does all of his own stunts. You know that. I just feel like that's. Im- I
0: feel like that's impossible. No, it's I- a real thing. Wouldn't it break your ankles to do that?
1: You just, you just have to be not going fast enough. You have
2: to like slippery shoes. I bet. Oh, it's definitely possible. People do <laughs> it. It's a stunt. People do it. It's a real stunt. Gotcha. Tom Cruise
1: does that shit. Uh, actually, not a bad. Trailer. Not a horrible trailer. Not yeah, lots of action for the time that it came out. Yeah, is John Woo the master of action? John Woo was not the master of many a- according things. According to
0: 1999. <laughs> yeah.
1: Speaking of, let's get into our thesis statement because yes. I've got a very good one about this movie.
0: Yes, absolutely. Do uh, you want me to jump in first? Uh, yeah, well, so a thesis statement is
1: something it's it's based in hyperbole, something that's based in fact. It's not my favorite. This it's yeah. the greatest example of this. It's like if someone talked Mission Impossible two at a party to you, you would go, "Oh, all right, well, I got something for you," and you would drop this knowledge drop the on hammer. them.
0: You got it. Yeah, it's like it's it's like you want this to be the driving force behind watching this episode. You think about it the whole time. Yeah. Any conversation you get in, it's like you're the expert on this because you have this opinion. And
1: anytime something gets brought up throughout the episode, you're like, that totally reinforces my thesis. I'm a genius.
0: I want to use our, our rule that we came up with as my thesis, except we'll just, we should just dangle that later. Yeah, we'll dangle um, that.
1: Ben and I have created an amazing rule book uh, after doing almost 100 episodes of this show, and you guys are going to love them.
0: Yes, and they relate to a new project that we have been teasing, but we're not going to get fully into just yet. So my mm-hmm. thesis statement is absolutely reinforced by that trailer. So this movie <laughs> is that John Woo is the master of action. <laughs> this movie is the best representative example of why the world hates Tom Cruise, the movie star. Yeah, it's not. It's not Tom Cruise the actor. That's and a, and that's you're not
1: saying thing. that we ever hated him. Although I did. I did dislike him for a while. Yeah. Even though I love this movie, this was the person yeah. that I disliked.
0: So Tom Cruise the actor is hated by people for the Scientology stuff and and all the stuff with Katie Holmes and mm-hmm. like jumping his... on
1: couches and all
0: that stuff is like that's what's created that weird image of people. Though I adore Tom Cruise. So there's yes. none of that in me. But Tom Cruise the actor. The sort of, like, he became this joke movie star in the early <laughs> 2000s. Yeah. It's this. It's, like, Top Gun starts it, but it's this movie. You look at that trailer, and it's, like, you watch this movie, and I hate to say this, because I think Tom Cruise is, like, the greatest, but he's Tom not. Tom Cruise
1: is a national treasure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's not really very good in this movie. No. All of his scenes are just, like, smirking and winking and, like, doing yeah. th-
1: Smirking and winking and, like, doing shit, or else he, or he's Grace playing himself, playing Grace Scott, playing him. Yeah.
0: Like, by the time they did Mission Impossible 3, which is six years after this, mm-hmm. he got it. He was like, all right, you know what? It's much more appealing for me to be a real actor with real chops who's yes. having, like, emotional moments. It has, with, like,
1: real stakes.
0: Yeah, with other good actors and, like, who, like, all of my scenes aren't just, like, me, like, eyeing up Danny Newton from across some dancers yeah. or, like, having long hair and a scar on my face. It's, like, the dumbest thing I've ever seen. They're just, like... I, I think the biggest problem is that John Woo didn't know how to pr- like properly direct Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that when you know you and I were talking a little bit before the show, and the two of them, and it's definitely more so on Woo because first of all, Cruise <laughs> wanted De Palma to, to direct the sequel, and yeah. De Palma turned it down. Which I, as much as you dislike the first one, I think that that was a, it's a better movie. The, it would have been a better movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, directors need to know how to use their muse. Yeah, Tony Scott is phenomenal at using Denzel. You know, Leo yeah. is used by Scorsese masterfully, but. John Woo was not able to use Tom Cruise. He used Tom Cruise the action star only when you realize that the things that you like about Tom Cruise... Are, uh what is that, aggressive sincerity. Yeah. It's it's that side of him acting that we all enjoy.
0: He, like, the only scene in the entire movie that he has that moment is after she injects herself, and they're sitting behind that And they're thing. just sitting there, yeah. And he's like, he's like God, I won't, I won't, I won't lose you. you!
1: Yeah, and that's it. And
0: it's not even a great scene.
1: No, but it's the best scene, yeah. in the sense of, or at least with the most stakes.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's So, I think that the reason people hate Tom Cruise, though, is like when you watch this movie, it's just all winking and smiling and motorcycles and speedboats and explosions, and it's yeah. just like it's just using this one side of him that if you don't put the other side with is not likable.
1: Yeah, it's like he uh, he's too self-aware in the film of, of who he is and how he comes off. And you're just kind of like, dude, get get bent.
0: <laughs> yeah, so before you jump into yours, I, I've talked about this a little bit. And I think it dovetails nicely from this thesis. But okay. the year 2000, when you look at like the eras of his career, is a weird place. Because basically the 80s is all about getting to know Tom Cruise. The world got to know him as this right. young, boyish movie star, right? And that's everything, like, Top Gun, Rain Man, The Color of Money, Born Risky on the 4th business. of July. Risky Business. He's really young and he's really talented. The 90s, he's coming into his and own. And he has sex appeal. Yeah, and he's playing more masculine roles in the 90s, like, a little bit more adult, so a few good men. Mm-hmm. Jerry Maguire is the ultimate example of, like, young Cruise who's kind of a man, and, like, trying to do... But it's, like, still a really good movie and a really good performance. And he's
1: still, it's still believable that he and... Rene Zogorger have this relationship Chemistry. or love. Chemistry, yeah. Now, Chemistry. the whole
0: like late half of the 90s, and this will be stuff we'll talk about in profiles a little bit, he, you know, he's done doing other more relevant stuff, but just a few years after this is when he does like Collateral, Last Samurai. He feels like much more of an actual of man worlds. at that point. Like, yeah. He feels more of a grown-up. This movie comes out in a weird time where you watch him on screen, and the whole time you're thinking, like, you kind of look older than the young Tom Cruise that I'm used to watching in like Top Gun, but yeah. you don't quite look enough of a man yet to really believe you could be this like... And you're just somewhere in the middle. It's like... The sexuality with with Danny Newton doesn't exist. Yeah,
1: it's weird because like... First of all, their relationship feels incredibly forced. It's like she's a thief with no morals that falls in love with you because you have a crazy car chase. You know, like that's it. That's the
0: whole whole thing. She wants nothing to do with you and then you guys like car chase. You
1: almost murder her by vehicle.
0: Vehicular manslaughter. Yeah.
1: But you don't. Yeah. And now you're in love. Um... As a kid, I think I was just so into her that I didn't really she, notice. Yeah, she's really um, gorgeous. But as an adult, I'm like, yeah, you guys didn't earn that relationship, and it really. Fanny Newton's the villain.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she, she this, betrays it. <laughs> well, the movie came in at three and a half hours. The original cut of this movie. It's it crazy,
1: and they were like, the studio told me, like, you get an hour and twenty, and he yeah. went to an hour and twenty-four. No, no, I they, mean, an he, hour, I mean, you get 120, yeah. and you went to 124 minutes.
0: So, so there's well over an hour of this movie that's cut out, which is apparently... Why what,
1: there's so many plot holes. Yeah,
0: I don't believe that for a second. I, I think don't either. I've seen other John Woo movies. They are full of plot holes because they're just action movies. Yeah, They, they don't care about those the, things. I mean, uh,
1: the, the greatest thing that he did was hard-boiled. I yeah. think that's the one thing that everyone talks about. And it's not that we don't like John Woo. It's just that John Woo, my thesis, boom, right here... Uh, it, it, it isn't direct, directly related to John Woo, but as we've discussed him on the show before, he basically stopped working in the states and and went back to working in his in China. Yeah. Um. And the reason for that is I think that John Woo had a really hard time moving and evolving with the times. I think my thesis is that this movie came out two years too late. The original came out in '96. Yep. This movie should have came out in '98. It would have hit all the notes. Um. Well in the audience that fell flat in 2000, if that makes sense. By the time in 2000, you'd had Gladiator, you had The Matrix, you would had the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you had movies that had really started to change what audience expected out of film. And <clears throat> that whole Con Air, Speed, Mission Impossible 2 fun, that was for the mid-90s to the latest at 98. Yeah. After that, even Gone in 60 Seconds, it's a step yeah. different. It's separated. It's, it's it's just a little more dramatic.
0: It's more adventure. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean look, it's it's best the best example of this is that and by the way just in case anyone's listening, uh, we're huge fans of Lord of the Rings. It's a year after, so just we, both, oh, right, we both right, know right. that. But yes. I, I I understand what you're saying. Um Face Off is 97. That's John Woo. Yes. That's like the best example of exactly when this movie should have come out because Face Off's great and it comes out exactly when it's supposed to come out. Yeah. Right? It's like it is it is right in that time. Where we're we're dealing with that saturation of that specific kind of action, and it's weird that they waited four years to make the sequel to Mission Impossible. That doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah, and and like in the in the reading, did you see anything in there that had mentioned why it had taken so long to make another one? Because it Tom Cruise was still bankable, John Woo was at the top of his game. You know, people wanted him. It's this movie. I, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. This is
0: the third highest-grossing film of 2000. So this, this movie was made a ton of money. It was very successful. It was 2000.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense Like why he took time off. I mean, I guess, honestly, what it was is Tom Cruise was gunning for an Oscar. That's what it was.
0: That's yeah. why. So before we get in, just because I think we've talked a lot about it and I want to continue this conversation, mm-hmm. we're going to get into fist Pump in another game in just a second. Let's get into profiles for a minute. Yeah, okay. I feel like we're kind of on it.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I'll, I'll hop in. So uh, Dude Gray Scott, uh, he had really, really come onto the screen in Ever After, yeah. uh, Cinderella Story, with him and Drew Barrymore. My family, my sisters love that movie. I've seen that movie more times than I care to mention. After? Yeah.
0: I don't know that I've seen it.
1: It's very good. Yeah. It's like a it's like a modern day. Uh, it's
0: part of your minor in romantic comedy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's good, though. Anyway, so that's where D. Gray Scott came in, everyone kind of fell in love with him. Then he did This Year's Love in 99 and Gregory's Two Girls uh, as well in 99. Um, so this felt right. It was like, you're good looking. You've done other movies. You're kind of a heartthrob now that you did the love story. Let's put you in a villain role because he does kind of have that look to him. Oh, yeah. You exactly. know, just a little bit. Um, Hunt and then, on the, and then on the other end of it You got Cruise yeah. Who's in This is like peak phase 3 Is that what we call it Or is this phase 2 I think this is, this phase is like the end of phase 2 Yeah this is yeah. the end of phase 2 And this is him peaking as an actor Essentially because he does Jerry Maguire, Eyes Wide Shut and Magnolia All within 3 years He does uh, Maguire and Eyes Wide Shut in 96 And Magnolia in 99 And um,
0: Is Eyes Wide Shut in 96? Really? I think it yeah. was 98.
1: And the, unless I miswrote it. I, I may have. But uh, I think
0: it's 98. Because I think... I can't, it can't be the same year as Maguire. That would be fucking crazy.
1: Those are... These are... These is when he was really... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, this is definitely... we, we You mentioned the phases. And we yeah. referenced them before. It's kind of like that first phase is the... 99. 99. just fat-fingered <laughs> it. Yeah, but so that first <coughs> phase... Uh, Magnolia
1: and Eyeswatch are the same year, not the previous... Yeah. yeah. that's what it is.
0: He the, That first phase of his career is the... All the right moves, taps, risky business, top mm-hmm. gun... And it really rolls into that. that Courage early under fire. Mid. Uh, no, no. You uh, taps. You mean
1: no? Right? You talk, you're talking about where it's rolling into the next one.
0: I'm talking. I'm talking about. You mean sorry? Born on the Fourth I of mean, July. I mean Born on the Fourth. Yeah, F- yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was getting confused. Yeah, Born on the Fourth of July. He gets the Oscar nod for Few Good Men. Few Good Men. Exactly. And then yeah. it's. I think the second phase really starts with, with this movie. It's like Jerry Maguire mm-hmm. and Mission Impossible because he. Because yeah, because Jerry Maguire,
1: Eyes Wide Shut, Magnolia is the end of that.
0: Yeah, right, yeah. and then that all dovetails into like the, all the collateral and the like Minority Report, Vanilla Sky, War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. The third phase is the dark phase, when Mission Impossible 3 flops because of the Oprah stuff. All those down movies, and it really, he doesn't right, really... Right, Lions
1: for Lambs, Valkyries in there. Yeah,
0: he doesn't <clears throat> really come back until Mission Impossible 4, Edge of Tomorrow.
1: Slash the Tropic Thunder. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's, like, I
1: think Mission Impossible 4, Edge of Tomorrow had won movie fans back. Tropic Thunder won America back.
0: That was like... Uh, that's, like, the important right. thing. It happens in the dark time. not
1: an asshole.
0: But people were like, oh, that was Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. And he so, can make fun of himself. So then by, like, 2014, when Edge came out, people were like, all right, the fourth Mission Impossible is pretty good, so mm-hmm. we're back on board. And I think now he's bankable again.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the, it's so funny that these people learn to do that. The McConaughey's, the Goslings, the Renner's, like, yeah. you have, the Tatum's, you have to know how to make fun of yourself good if time. you're going to be that good looking. It's, like, the most you, endearing quality. You, you really do, yeah. Uh, so... Is that all you wanted to talk about, star profiles?
0: Yeah, just talking about I think sort of uh, when this movie came out and like why why it was successful, why he chose to make such like a crappy movie yeah. as the sequel to like, but it, I don't think he had quite gotten there yet in terms of okay, because he unifies his brand. the The tail end, the tail end of phase two, when right, it really does end with War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. is him realizing okay. I'm done trying to win Oscars. He so, was lost. That's what it was. Yeah. He was just completely lost. He's like, you know, I think I think Last Samurai can be kind of referenced as probably the last time that he tried to win an Oscar, and I think he does get robbed there, because he's really he's good. He's really good. But I mean, that's like, the, that string of movies, which is like Vanilla Sky, Minority Report, Last Samurai, Collateral War of the Worlds, the majority of those are just like masculine, action-y, big epic, and then after that, when he comes back, it just becomes, okay... I'm not going back to the old style. Right. Everything I want to make has to be kind of in the vein of like big, epic, exciting. I'm going to be the guy that does my own stunts. That's going to be my thing. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible was really successful for me so I'll stick with that formula. I'll make The Mummy, I'll make Edge of Tomorrow, I'll make Oblivion. You know, sci-fi stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's now he's clearly solidified. He's he's you can see him and he's so comfortable. It's again it's like he's self-aware in the movies but he's so self-aware that it comes off like that he's he's watching it like we are watching it yeah so when you see stuff happen in MI5 as he kind of gets like kicked around or it's like those moments of being yeah. frustrated and like he's getting older yeah we're all seeing that and enjoying it together yeah, and he, he's using those
0: but he's also more jacked than you or I and he's 53 oh
1: absolutely he <laughs> is but I just mean like you know when he gets like he's like he gets his ass kicked or he's like getting up and yeah. you can see that it's like it's a little harder for him oh, yeah. I just love that
0: the Grizzled crew is a great face
1: yeah Uh. So... Oh, another one of my thesis statements was that no one has no director has ever been more mesmerized by movie magic than John Woo yeah, and yeah. the face switch. Because I want to get into that here with our fist pump moment. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay.
0: So fist pump moment guys, that moment a movie you're watching, something happens, and it's just like, Yes, this is so awesome. Or you look at your buddy, you're like, Are you seeing this right now?
1: It's this like is- you're you're in on the joke. <laughs> yeah. and it starts to happen in the movie or you're in on the secret and you're just like,
0: Yes. That's yeah. what
1: it was for me in this.
0: Yeah, so uh it's it doesn't even it doesn't have to be a specific thing like a like a headshot or a line. Mm-hmm. It can be anything anything you want it to be. It can just be the tone of voice someone uses the first time you see an actor on screen, Gary Busey's teeth, whatever yeah, you want When to
1: music be. comes on, anything. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So mine, it's definitely, no matter how many times I watch this movie and how old I get, I will still always love the ridiculous, ridiculous moment when Doug Scott's like, this is called getting your gun off. And he just... Murders Tom Cruise. Like, beyond murders him. After he shoots him in the leg, he's like, what? You can't talk? He's like... And then uh, his, yeah. his partner's like, I'm afraid he broke his jewel. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but for some... Okay, so this is the fifth time that the face swap has been used yeah. at this point in the film. Yeah. But my fist pump is for sure when he pulls off the face mask and you see the horror in his eyes. Yeah. And then Cruise is running around the corner and with Dude the face. Like,
0: <laughs> Dude, guys, like... yeah.
1: He's running around with the with the virus and he pulls it off it's like dun dun, dun 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 dun. Like, that was so awesome as yeah. a kid and like no matter how stupid this movie is, I just like feel like I've been screaming in the microphone for thirty seconds. No matter how awesome or ridiculous this movie is. That moment will
0: always make me fist
1: pump. I'm yeah. always
0: like, yes. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. I think there's a lot of fist pump moments for me. All of my fist pump moments in this movie are silly moments. None of them are like, that is so badass." right. They're all like just like absurdity. <laughs> um, I think probably my first fist pump comes from the fact that we're gonna show this, we're gonna show this thing in just a second here.
1: Did you know that Gleason was in this?
0: I forgot. So when you totally saw him, forget. was
1: that a little mini fist bump? Oh yeah. yeah. Anything
0: Gleason's in. But we're we're gonna show this thing here and it's it was from I think the MTV movie awards mm-hmm. this year in two thousand. Yep. Stiller and, and Cruz had become friends, and so Stiller would spoof Cruz sometimes. And I hadn't seen this movie since it came out in two thousand. <laughs> but um, the the moment in the movie when he's doing the rock climbing at the beginning <laughs> and he and he's swings like around hanging by one hand and he does the like backward swing where he's like suspended and you see but and it's in the trailer. You're like, oh, yeah, this is sweet. You're like, this is totally, totally absurd. And like, uh, so Stiller references it in this thing. And when you watch it, it's like, he, it is exactly the shot uh, from the it's movie. It's
1: amazing. And the
0: shot in the movie is just as stupid. It's like, <laughs> just as silly. And I saw it, I was just like, I was like, this movie, this is early in the movie. And this is this sweet. Is this is good.
1: I mean, this is literally, that's like four minutes in. Yeah, yeah. It's that's like amazing. Really
0: early. So let's cue this yeah, up. We'll watch a bit of this. This is funny. Yeah, it's was
1: like two and a half minutes, three minutes. This is so good.
0: Yeah. Have you seen this, Steven? No, he hadn't. I don't think so. Oh, dude, it's so good.
1: <laughs> that stupid laugh. It's
0: stupid. <laughs> and the music is, like, dead on, job, too.
1: I have to ask myself,
0: who is Tom Cruise? What is Tom Cruise? <laughs> he even looks Why all skinny Tom and weird, but like kind of cruise those two in the Totally, scene. Yeah. yeah. When is Tom Cruise? <laughs> I think if you're going to be a really good stunt double, you have to really become one with the actor. You have to walk like the actor, uh, talk like
1: the actor, change your name so it's. Uh, <laughs> legally change your name to sound like the actors. I don't think of myself as a stunt double, really. It's more like I'm a stunt one.
2: My face. Well, <laughs> my
0: face. <hurt. laughs> I don't think Tom's going to want to do that kick. That's not the way he moves, he doesn't Uh, pivot that way. He likes to lunge left, he doesn't usually scoop under right. I think it's a bad idea he's never going to go for. it. It's not realistic, it's not a Tom Cruise kick. Tom said he wanted to go with a kick.
1: Uh, I've done 14 films with Tom, alright? So I think I have a pretty good idea of
0: what Tom does or doesn't want
1: to... Has that kick come along, huh? He doesn't think you'd go with a kick. What? <laughs> that's, I the way we work is he'll go through sometimes and do do the scene. The and
0: kicking and, uh, is absurd. It's it yeah. That's my there's other spot. There's that an inordinate amount of distinct, kicking. Slow mo, you know, ridiculous. I yeah. I mean, I never say to woo's face, but I think you got you know like how many times can we look at you kicking a guy and then getting kicked in the face? I just, which is you know so can, true. Kick, yeah. Let's call it. Yeah. You know, let's call it kicking impossible. You could go, <laughs> let's call it. Let's call it kicking impossible.
1: You know, he's harmless. He's harmless. <laughs> he's he's so harmless. Crazy. He's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is okay, great. Cut, cut. This is great. Out of Tom. Out of
2: Tom. Out of Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Tom does, uh,
0: most of his own stunts, so he doesn't really need a stunt double. <laughs> but uh, we make good use of uh, the other Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm always, thinking, always
1: brainstorming ways to make the fight look better.
0: Uh, come, and anglers, come jump, over all right, yeah,
1: yeah, it's good. There's about three Sorry. more, four more minutes of that, guys. If you guys want to find to it online, it's
0: online. definitely worth a what watch.
2: If, with,
1: yeah, just uh, type in uh, Tom Cruise, Ben Stiller, and yeah, uh, you'll be. able
0: <laughs> The other fist bump <laughs> moment for back. me is the is the kicking because it's like it's all, absurd. All of these like slow mo running jump kicks, kicking the back of a dudes' heads. Uh, it's just like. I mean, it makes a great reference to it. There is too much kicking. Yeah, you should absolutely. call the movie "Kicking Impossible." <laughs> kicking Impossible. yeah, kicking impossible. Uh, so this actually,
1: this is something that um, I was thinking about when I was reading the trivia about this film. Is Duke Gray Scott? Uh, he turned down a movie to do this film, and the movie that he turned down was the role of Wolverine in X Men. In X Men,
0: he was slated to shoot it. He and, wasn't he wasn't even like a thing where you read in the notes it's like he was offered and right right uh, yeah about excuse
1: it. me exactly he was booked he was slated he was in the books
0: Yeah and so Jackman got the role after DuGrey was like I'm going over on MI2 I can't, way over I can't shoot this and so Jackman gets the role that ends up becoming the career defining role for Jackman the role of
1: a lifetime one of the greatest roles ever for someone of that age and stature um
0: I also have to think that honestly I don't think that X-Men would have been the movie that it was with Dude Grey as Wolverine.
1: You know, it's another one of those things, hindsight is twenty twenty. all things happen for a reason. Every single time that you and I have done this and talked about it, it's been better. It's been a better movie because of the fact. So, uh, I pulled a couple other ones, and one of the biggest ones that popped in my head was Will Smith turning down Neo. Yeah. That is one of the greatest. Uh, He turned down Neo to do Wild Wild West, which was one of the biggest missteps of his career, and one of the greatest things to happen to cinema.
0: And also, let's not forget Ian McKellen uh, getting the role of Gandalf after oh. Sean Connery turned it down because he didn't get it.
1: Yeah, Sean Connery just read the books and he was just like, I don't I don't get it.
0: I don't get the yeah. role.
1: Uh, and then uh, Christopher Plummer also turned it down. Yeah. Uh, so another, a couple more I just wanted to throw in just because I thought it was interesting. Uh, Gibson turned down the role of John, or not John Connor, of... Uh, uh, Kyle Reese
0: was it Kyle Reese or was it I thought he turned down the fucking role of, of the
1: T thousand of, uh, of the Terminator of the Terminator Oh, we'll see you're, I think you're right I just I just wrote that down because I assumed it was for Kyle Reese because
0: I know I know that Cameron really wanted uh Schwarzenegger like in the right. end he was like, I won't make this movie without him but I also know Cameron loved Gibson for Mad Max and he wanted to use it right so I think he turned it down because he was like I'm flattered but I don't think I would be a good enough fit for the role
1: so there's a couple other ones that are like, Okay, that's interesting. Um so Leonardo DiCaprio turned down Dirk Diggler, yeah, which just... I think is like that's one of the ones where it's like he still had a great career, still a great movie, who knows. Yeah. Uh Denzel turning down the role in 7 of Morgan Freeman ah. is another one like could have been cool, could have been awesome. Sure. Yeah. Um the two though that I have on here that I really am am just like thank god. Yeah. Are Travolta turning down Forrest Gump. <laughs> could you imagine that? My name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. <laughs>
0: That seems like one of the little trailers at the beginning of Tropic Thunder. Yeah, it would literally be just—it would be a joke.
1: And then the other one that I think this is the biggest of everything we've mentioned. Saturday Night Gump. Saturday Night Gump (laughs) is Josh Hartnett turning down the role of Bruce Wayne in Batman Begins.
0: Yeah, that's a wow. huge one.
1: That's the biggest one for me. That's crazy.
0: Massive, yeah. We also, last week on Saving Private Ryan, I think... Oh, yeah, this is another one. Billy Bob turned down the Tom Sizemore role, the second the second lead in uh, Saving Private Ryan because he was scared of water.
1: Yeah, he couldn't film the Normandy siege because, or Beach because he has a phobia. So, anyway, I just thought that was a fun little thing to talk about. I think all those movies are better for the fact that they didn't happen, but just something to think about G-1. Yes.
0: so uh, guys so much of this movie's uh, writing and plot is all centered around the chimera virus oh, oh yes <laughs> this is
1: awesome I love this
0: <laughs> the chimera virus and uh, look when you cover action movies for 100 episodes, you come across a lot of fake devices and names of things that are just just entirely created to just be like a sweet plot device. Just
1: to sound badass. Like a, that it goes beyond just the names of yeah. the characters like Memphis Reigns. Cuz
0: when you're 10 years old, the names of a char- the name of the character, the name of the device, the operation, the team name, whatever, yeah. they're super sweet. Like that's what you remember.
1: So I've got a few here that I've written down from movies that we've pulled or done and you've got a list of some that you created yeah. to get put in our action movie that we're writing yes <laughs> so we've got operation iron hand operation treadstone Blackbriar, the rabbit's foot delta nine we've got the cn-20 nerve gas and aliens Ooh. vx gas and the rock black smoke and war of the worlds yeah. <laughs> like these are all and then of course in this one Chimera and Bolerophone. Yeah. So these are all just mate none of these are real things. These yeah. are all just created from old mythology. All f- these are all basically nerve gases though. So what do you have <laughs> over there my friend? Oh, I got some good ones here. Oh, all do right. you?
0: So in the late 1980s,
2: Robert's Foot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in the late 1980s during the Cold War, the United States government came up with a secret program called Phoenix Protocol. <laughs> If a nuclear disaster started, there would be a giant airship that would rise from the ashes, carrying out the most valuable <laughs> members of the United States government into space. Phoenix Protocol would only enact with a certain level of radiation in the United States atmosphere.
1: That is This It was 420 yesterday, by the way. Phoenix Protocol.
0: <laughs> okay. The backstory for that is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, all right. Genesis Chamber. The Genesis That's Chamber... That's the like real thing, I think. The, the Genesis Chamber is a solar-powered hibernation unit created by Derek Sabres in 1997. Is that one of the names now, from the other yeah, episode? Yeah, name from our service episode. Now, Derek Sabres was involved in, a, in an intense nuclear plot to blow up the world. What he was going to do was he was going to hibernate in his uh, solar-powered Genesis chamber for 40 <laughs> years so that when, the, when he would come out, the uh, radiation levels of the world would have calmed down and he would then rule the world because he survived in his Genesis chamber.
1: He would just be by himself,
0: though. Yeah, that one's less well thought. <laughs> okay, and then my last one is... The Hydra principle. Oh, I like this. one. The Hydra principle was created by Adolf Hitler during World War II. Now it was a a special nerve microchip implant in the brain of all of the uh, of all of the firstborn children of the Third Reich. And uh, okay. when Hitler when Hitler killed himself towards the end of the war, all of these uh, allegedly, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> All of these, uh, the offspring, this little chip, uh, deton- and and turn and, and basically put into their bloodstream this crazy uh, nerve agent that made them basically living, walking, talking, breathing nukes. Hitler's oh nukes nukes. So they're all elderly citizens when the movie takes place. <laughs> Wait, so and we, they're still out there right now? The movie is called The Hydra Principle, and we find out that there's all of these like elderly citizens hiding, living in bunkers that are basically nuclear bombs secret black market nuclear bombs
1: is tom cruise dead from valkyrie did he die in that yes fuck
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i was gonna say he's gotta come and find them the hydra principle The hydra principle. hey guys if you've got any really <laughs> awesome names or any anything that we've talked about so far in the episode any other high insider 2020 any other cool chemical names just shoot them over at us at, at AmA Podcast.
0: the theory basically is that that scene in the rock when that when they're all on the radio and he's like and and, he, and like Ed Harris is talking about whatever whatever. I flew Black Hawk about.
1: missions. Yeah, like yeah, that that whole speech. Yeah.
0: The, and he's like, you know, the the such and the red the Red Sea Trading Company yep. was a slush fund created for black ar- black market arms Jesus sales. Christ, Frank! That's classified information. Frank, this is Al Kramer. <laughs> How you doing,
1: Al? A lot of angry people down here. Uh, all right, so let's move on to now that we've just been rambling. Uh, let's move on to actually talking about the movie and production development. Um...
0: The I movie's think written by Robert Town.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll get into Robert Town because I think John Woo, Tom Cruise, and Paula Wagner are all pretty. Uh, we've covered them a lot, so uh, that'll be a little more long-winded.
0: Yeah, I mean Robert Town's a pretty legendary screenwriter. He's mm-hmm. most famous for having written the screenplay for Chinatown, which gets referenced by people very often as the most famous screenplay of all time, or close to it. Um, I haven't seen it, Chinatown. Yeah, it's really, really, you love really, it, really good. Yeah, it's a uh, seventy-four was a really cool year for movies. I mean, seventy-four, you had the Conversation, Godfather Part Two, Chinatown. Uh, and two other pretty relevant movies but those three all getting nominated for Best Picture those are three yeah
1: those are big ones
0: all timers Um, so he wrote a bunch of other stuff he wrote The Last Detail 1972 Jack Nicholson film he wrote Mission Impossible 1 Mission Impossible 2 um, directed three or four films he he didn't really work a whole lot after about 2000 he's 82 years old he is still alive but Jesus um, most notably, the guy that wrote Chinatown wrote mission Impossible Two. It's not a great script
1: yeah and, and you and i we've um, we've talked about this a lot on our show and we just talked about it earlier on on this episode is that it's hard to move with the times, whether you're a writer, director, honestly the easiest thing to do is act and, and evolve with the times.
0: yeah, and I think also that um, writers there's a there's a really distinct problem, which is that your name getting slapped on a successful film that is financially successful is success in the world of Hollywood because Absolutely. if the film makes money and your name's on it, you get to do more work.
1: Yep. Even if, if you didn't even write that draft that was in the movie.
0: Yeah, if your name's on it and it doesn't make money, it's harder to get work. Yeah. And it doesn't no one really cares or has any awareness of did you write all of the words? Is it like a script that you had a lot to do with? With action movies very often it has nothing to do with stuff you wrote. It's just yeah. the way that it was edited, the improv on set. You just get the credit for it. So, I don't think you have to really blame Robert Town for the script. I think he probably wrote a draft that was decent and and it's was three and a half hours long at least oh, exactly and, i was
1: just gonna say and if there's three and a half hours long and you're a writer you got to remember that's that's what th- a court th- a third of your book yeah is not there exactly yeah
0: um so then moving on to director john woo you know made famous for a better tomorrow hard-boiled the killer enter the dragon um yeah did he direct enter the dragon uh didn't he is that true
1: oh no it, uh, his movie was the most successful movie in america other uh since enter got the it, dragon got it okay yeah
0: um and then he, yeah, he basically came over to the states and he did, you know, a small handful of movies. I think the most famous of which is Face Off. I,
1: I do love Broken Arrow, though.
0: Yeah. Oh, I forgot that he directed Broken Arrow. Yeah. That's the in between movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so Face Off, Broken Arrow, and MI two, I think, are the b- big three American hits.
1: Right. And then he did a uh, he did a uh, uh, Wind Talkers with Cage and Adam Beach. What? That's him too. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's what I'm reading here. Unless I'm just making all this up. Um. And paycheck. Which I love that Paycheck. That
0: one I remembered. That's
1: uh, Affleck and, and Eckhart.
0: Yeah, I chose not to reference that film. It's a very good movie. <laughs> um, that's right in your that's your blockbuster era right there.
1: That is absolutely yeah. my blockbuster era. And that's, again, so it's one of those things where I think we realize that his style of film, his style of direction was something that was appreciated in the 90s in America. And I don't know what the film industry is like in China, but he seems to be doing well there and still being successful. So maybe it's yeah. just one of those things where our audience went in one direction he went in another and he just
0: likes making this type of movie and he's not gonna not do what he wants to do fire slow-mo doves golden guns sliding on your side and shooting like that's the stuff you like to do and you know that's what this movie's about the doves
1: while doing the running slow-mo kicking backflip with a guy that hops out from around the (laughs) corner like that guy's job is to sit in that corner until he hears something coming then pop out and hold on oh sorry boss it's just you you know, like anyway. Um, so moving on to you know Wagner and Cruz, you've basically got this down to like a memorized monologue.
0: Yeah, I mean with Cruz and Wagner, like the the first film they produced together was Mission Impossible One. She'd mm-hmm. been his agent and as early as 1993, and they started producing movies together. They did, I think, until about 08, at which point they stopped. Uh, Valkyrie, I think, maybe. Was yeah, the Valkyrie last.
1: and Lions for Lambs were the two flops that yeah. kind of put them to bed.
0: So now Cruz, I think, just produces by himself. But they did a lot of successful films together. A lot of like a lot of the biggest movies that Cruz did, all that stuff and mm-hmm. all that stuff in the early two thousands, where he had like there was a stretch there where I think it was something like seven out of eight were hundred million. Oh, absolutely.
1: Movies. And I don't know. I, I can't speak on their relationship now, but I feel like it's one of those things where you do business for a long time and things start to flop. You just move on. I, I would hope that they're still friendly because um, they had so much success together. Yeah, definitely. So moving on to uh, this movie and its critical box office reception, which is, is it's pretty interesting because I'm sure you know critically this movie did not do well, but at the box office it did real well. So this movie cost $125 million, which, um, by the way, is... $55 million more than Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. The movie cost $125 million. It was produced by Paramount. It was released in May of 2000. It was a summer blockbuster. It grossed $215 million domestically with an additional three hundred and thirty worldwide for a grand total of $546 million unadjusted in 2000. It opened at $57 million. This was Tom Cruise's star power speaking volumes in his prime.
0: Yeah, 2000's right in it. You can see here, this is the box office, The uh, this is the unadjusted domestic numbers in 2000. How the oh, Grinch wow. Stole Christmas was the number one movie.
1: Makes sense. I would never have guessed that. I mean, that if we're talking about people in their prime, this is Jim Carrey in his prime. Everyone loves Dr. Seuss. And like, I remember that movie, I went and saw it in theaters.
0: I mean, you think about when you talk about You talk about bankable, right? So let's just go through this list. Yeah, right. I
1: was just thinking that.
0: Jim Carrey, he's number one, right? So that's 260. Hanks. Hanks in Castaway is number two, 233. Get Cruise in Mission Impossible 2 at 215. Russell Crowe, Gladiator, 187. This yep. is right in. He wasn't as much of a box office star. That this was is more so
1: good. Of, then you got Mel Gibson and What Women Want. You've yeah. got Clooney and Wahlberg in The Perfect Storm,
0: which makes sense too that they that movie didn't do as well as the other ones because Clooney and uh-huh. Wahlberg in this year were not quite as big as they would get.
1: Yep. And then you've got Ben Stiller on his way up in Meet the Parents with Tailloni and uh, or not Tailloni. Um, I always mix those two the, up. I can't uh, yeah, me. I always quiz you on that yeah, uh, De Niro. Terry something. And then uh, yeah. De Niro and then you've got X-Men, of course, which is
0: Yeah, which is that's a weird one because X-Men didn't have star power to make money. It just it, it didn't. It had I think it just had the appeal. Yeah, I think it just had the appeal. And then Scary Movie, which was the early that was the early hit with those stupid those stupid parody movies.
1: Yeah, that was the beginning of, of the the beginning of the end as it was and, and this is a story and correct me if I'm wrong, but I do love this story. I've been telling it for a long time. My friend told it to me is that the the Marlin Brothers the Wayne's brothers excuse me wrote that film, not ever expecting to make another one. And they were offered to do the second one, and they said no. And I heard that, like, the VP or the CEO or someone from the production company showed up at their door with a check for $100 million for the two of them being like, make the movie.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. This is
1: yours. Because that movie was a massive success. Oh, yeah. It cost near nothing to make. All of the movies have been pretty successful up to like four or five is when it kind of started to fall off. I but I like, wonder
0: how much How much the Scary Movie cost. Steven, would you mind checking that for us? They made an insane on scary movie was?
1: amount of money.
0: What lies beneath making one fifty five. Uh It makes is sense. Is that
1: Pfeiffer and Ford? Yeah, it's yeah. the tail end of Ford. 19, mil. $19 million to make. And how much did it gross? One fifty seven domestic. One hundred fifty seven yeah.
0: domestic. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a, it's a really good return. So,
1: yeah, so you look at, you know, studio heads, they're like, yeah yeah do it do another one and the second and the third are great so critically this movie got a 6.1 and a 6.1 seems high it's very high yeah and it, it totally f- is the opposite of our algorithm which makes perfect sense for this film it's got a 57 percent by all critics 58 by top and a 43 by audience yeah because as an audience especially now we we expect something different as yeah. from Tom Cruise and at the time like you said it was the Tom Cruise no one liked.
0: I'm curious to know, so if you, a blockbuster is characterized by making, an American blockbuster is characterized by making $100 million domestic. Mm-hmm. I would love to see, is this the worst Tom Cruise blockbuster? I don't think that. Probably his later stuff, because...
1: If, if like, Oblivion somehow crest, crested it, or somehow... Probably did. I bet you Edge made less money than this,
0: for D- sure. Adjusted, you mean? Or... Yeah. Edge made 172. To, no, it made three hundred and thirty something worldwide. Is what it was. Right. So it made more than a hundred, but yeah. But I mean, I, that's also a fourteen year difference.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those movies. Edge of Tomorrow is one of those ones that uh, he was fighting to. He was fighting to win people back. Still. Yeah. That was the. That was the one. That was the one action movie where you saw it again. That was different. That wasn't Mission Impossible. And you're like,
0: Yeah. Ah, surprise. I'm in. Big surprise. On yeah. That one. Yeah. Nobody expected that. Um.
1: So. Uh, I think that covers it. So let's let's uh, move on to favorite line.
0: Okay, sounds good. Yeah, do you have what is your favorite line, Ben? <laughs> hunt. Hunt. Is it really? <laughs> I think the script in this movie is bad yeah. and like all of the conversations are bad. So like there's really almost no line in the movie that stood out to me.
1: Yeah, I mean Hunt I I wrote that. Anytime yeah. that Doug says Hunt.
0: Yeah, it says Hunt.
1: And then the other one that pops in my head is the one that I just said uh I'm afraid he's Brookie's jewel. Yeah. That line, and then uh, and the other one's when he shuts the door on him and he's like, You never know who you might run into.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like, All right, now where's the Lou?
1: The guy like the finger.
0: That dude who, like, the tech guy who was later to be replaced by Simon Pegg, who's just an, a less good version of Simon Pegg, basically. Yeah, they just yeah. never
1: acknowledged him being out of the franchise. I didn't even remember he existed. I, I saw
0: his face and I was like, Is that? Letha! Yeah.
1: <laughs> You're like, Stop talking. He doesn't
0: even die. Um, and they also did, like, a lot of, like, reference to, like, Luther wearing designer clothing, which I guess is a gimmick they dropped, because I don't remember that from the later movies.
1: They might have said something about his shoes or jacket later on. Okay. But then, like, what about the bomb on the van? <laughs>
0: yeah, there's another... That he just, just like,
1: like, sees in the rear... First of all, what is your rear view mirror doing focusing at the ground? Come on now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <And> you're <sighs> supposed to view
2: the rear, right? Yeah, right? It's Not an, the floor. It's an
0: IMF van. Um so yes I think I think that definitely that was absurd I think probably my other favorite line is when Brendan Gleason is uh he's like tied up or whatever and he's like I'll admit it you have my confession I'm in the business of making, making money making money yeah
1: yeah uh Gleeson's RAR in this is fantastically high gleason has
0: got a high RAR that's rating above replacement guys it's a new term Andrew and I are working on yes we'll be de- debuting that soon de- debuting it soon
1: debuting it uh oh and I actually do like the uh the beginning. Well, this isn't Mission Difficult. It's, hunt. it's Mission Impossible. Difficult to yeah. be a walk in the park.
0: Yeah. You're like, all right. It would cool. be a holiday if you knew where I was. was I-
1: <laughs> oh, man. This movie's. I feel like we need to just reflect for a second on this film. Just yes. for like 30 seconds before we get into the categories. It's not horrible. No. It's fun to watch.
0: It's enjoyable. It's more enjoyable than than definitely some movies we've covered on here, for sure.
1: I would highly recommend being a slightly inebriated or at least under the influence of
0: something. And also, for the record, <clears> like, <throat> you cannot be a fan of our show and not have seen all five Mission Impossibles. You can't right.
2: it's a- Although I hate you guys. Steven is a big <laughs> fan
1: of our show. Steven helped create the show, and Steven has never seen any Mission Impossible.
2: If you were gonna Is that like the worst thing for somebody who runs a movie or what well, used to be a movie network? Honestly,
1: man, I've just never been more shocked at something you've told me about film, I think.
0: It's pretty surprising considering if, if, that... you'd have to go out of your way. Well, also considering our show. Like you've you are the producer of the show and like you have done you have like talked to us about our show so many times. You've engineered
1: other Mission Impossible episodes. I feel like at least one of them.
0: I just am surprised you haven't gone out of your way to watch one of the movies.
1: Yeah. Yeah, anyway, we're still very haven't. happy to have you in the booth. <laughs> so, so. But I
2: can't be a fan of the show. You can't okay. be. You're not a fan anymore. So
0: here's the question. Let's play this game. Okay. Somebody hasn't seen a Mission Impossible movie. What's the order you recommend they watch them? You don't necessarily oh want to just say best to worst. I
1: think you and I have had this discussion before. We've we've ranked
0: them. Yeah. But I'm say I don't think you'd want to just say watch this one first if you had to watch all five movies. Yeah. Where would you start? My this is this is what I would say. So
1: I uh, instinctively right off the top of my head, I think i go 1 4 3 5 2. Okay. 1 4 3 5 2. So that's 1 G- Rogue Ghost,
0: the Rogue Nations. Oh, f- yeah, Ghost is yeah. Ghost
1: Protocols 4. 4. So uh Ghost. Yep. And then MI3. Yep and then rogue nation which is 5 and then 2 to come back and be like the only one that i would switch is maybe 4 and 5 so let me let me tell you my reasoning behind this yeah i think you need to see the first one
0: i think you because to- i think
1: you have to see the first one i agree i always agree with that i think the fourth one is the most user friendly palatable appealing to the audience it's got the Burj Khalifa. It's a little more fun. It's, it's, the, it's not
0: the Kremlin. They blow up the, the Kremlin.
1: Kremlin. It's just like very cool, you know? And then three is like, all right, I'm into the franchise. Now give me a real fucking movie. Excuse my language. Yeah. Uh, and then five is, or four or five, if those are switching, is again back to like super fun, very well made. Like, this is a good place where the franchise is going. And then two is like, this is what you missed.
0: Yeah, I would say, I think I completely agree with you. There's a part of me that wants to say, watch three second. But mm-hmm. I think that that's a little too meta. I think that's like us being like a little in too deep. Yeah, I think it, I think it, I think I agree. Um, I think that if you watched one and then you watched three, you might just be like, I don't get what the appeal here is. Why do people still talk about these movies? Mm-hmm. And I think that you're right that it's it's five or four. It has to be second. And I
1: almost want to say five because I'd li- I love I like I like five more than four.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's a tough one. I, you know, this is I think I would go one, four, three. Five two, which I think is what you—that that that was, was your, your initial second.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, guys, just get at us. Let us know what you guys think. Rank the movies. What order did you watch them, or what order would you do you think you should have someone watch them? In? And also, if you know someone that hasn't seen them, do it.
0: Yeah, because I think my argument would be one. You have to start with four it's like Cruz is still young enough looking that he still feels like it's not that much of a departure from the first movie. That's true. And yeah. so he still feels like he's at sort five, of... Five, he's like... He's grizzled. Yeah. So you have to watch Five a little later because... And even the payoff with Five when he runs from off screen and jumps on the airplane is like... Hunt's been doing this for a while. You and I that was like twenty years later and yeah. he's
1: still doing it. That, that makes was, sense. He jumps yeah. on
0: screen and you're like, oh, and, and Luther, there's a lot of callbacks to the fifth movie mm, that you mm-hmm. kind of need. So I think going four and then three and then five and then two. Yeah, makes so the one, most
1: four, sense. three, five, two. That's funny. We of course we both agree on that. Yeah. All right, so getting into the categories here, this is gonna be an interesting conversation. In this or will, on this show. It? I don't think so. <laughs> on this show, we have three action movie
0: categories. Those categories are totally ridiculous totally legitimate and ridiculously legitimate and they are just what they sound like so yep. totally legitimate movies are movies that are like uh the fugitive and terminator gladiator 2, gladiator lone survivor they're they're pretty serious overall they yeah. hold together dramatically really well they, they don't, could
1: win awards
0: yeah they don't poke fun at themselves really and they're pretty engaging the whole way through movies yeah. that are totally ridiculous are like face-off and like con air and demolition man yeah they're they're pretty laughable the whole time <laughs> it's hard to take them very seriously. They're super enjoyable, but it's just for a different different reason. Absolutely. And then ridiculously jits the middle category. So that's like the rock, Point Break, Predator um, movies that they hold together with maybe one really strong principle. Those are almost
1: our favorite movies of the show. They feel those are the most appropriate movies for the show. When we
0: created the show in the first place, it was a big list of those. That's what we wanted to cover. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've just found over the years now that doing this show there's a place for all three mm-hmm. for me this movie literally never once the entire movie enters the conversation of legitimacy i agree so it's totally ridiculous
1: yeah it's totally ridiculous and and i think the biggest reason why is that there are no and i always talk about this there's no stakes in this movie fanny newton's not gonna die and even yeah. if she does die who cares who are you yeah There's no relationship. You're not his wife. You're not Michelle Monaghan. Okay, this is the third thesis I had, and I'd said no director has ever had to apologize more for a previous (laughs) film in the franchise than J.J. Abrams. Than J.J. Abrams for John Woo. So you're talking Carrie Fisher, um, or not Carrie Fisher? I don't know where that came from. Uh, Carrie, what's her name? The brunette that dies.
0: Not Carrie. What's her name? Oh, 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 Carrie Russell.
1: Carrie Russell. Keri so you got Carrie Russell in there is just like one of those things like, this is a real movie. Someone yeah. is going to die. Yeah. You got Michelle Monaghan, who's his wife in yeah. the beginning, who does die into yeah. your knowledge. And then you've got the most important thing, which is that they show how difficult it is to recreate the face and voice yeah. recognition uh, uh mask and thing that they
0: did you do in what
1: thirty seconds in this movie
0: yeah, the most like daring stunt in the movie is when Cruz gets thrown into a car sideways and like a drone flies over him like yeah. that's the crazy moment yeah that's the stunt and like, that's it's the a stunt. great stunt and not only that you've got the guy that won best actor the, for the that year. As the villain. As so the villain. It's like everything about 3 was like we're going to go in a little more of a serious direction. It was just
1: it was just making up for the things in 2 that we all as an audience were like, that's not good. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, so um, that was just a little yeah. tangent I had. So uh, there's only one more
0: thing left. Yeah, and that's going to be something called the pitch. the pitch. I'm glad we never got the sound.
1: I know. I've gotten really good You're at
0: good it. You're good at it. You do the, you do the cougar growl. <laughs> do well, we have a pitch? Uh, yes, we do. We actually do. Oh, yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So this is episode 97. Mm -hmm. We've got three weeks till episode 100. Um, Episode 100 is going to be a really big deal, guys. We have a lot of really fun stuff planned for that week. Um, There's a huge number of things that Andrew and I have talked about over the course of the last couple of years, and we've gotten closer and closer to those things, and we don't usually have time. Like, if we wanted to rank, at this point, nine like 96 movies, that's a whole show. Yeah. So we decided for episode 100 for that week... We're going to film a bunch of additional stuff, and we're going to give you guys a piece of content every single day. Of that week. Between 99 and 100, leading up to the 100th episode. You're going to get a piece of content for seven days, and uh, we have a lot of fun stuff planned. We've talked about a lot of cool stuff.
1: Get on our at AMA podcast on Twitter and find the Action Movie Anatomy fan page on Facebook. This is where you will find these things.
0: So the pitch, guys. Is Jurassic Park? Yes. We were going to do Jurassic Park. For a long time we were going to stay away from it and we just it's like the closer we get to it the more we realize that like the rules we use and the thi- like they're important that, but it's more important that we do classics with a lot of action in them and yeah. that's a classic with a lot of action that, that, in
1: that, it. That, 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 that that's chaos theory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean it's Jurassic Park, man. There's no we do not have to legitimize or defend why we're doing it on the show. It's one of the greatest adventure action movies of all time. It's it just needs to happen. And we're going to do it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be exciting. We're really excited to do this one, guys. Um, I haven't gotten Bloom. to watch the first Jurassic Park in a while. Goldblum in his prime, in his fucking prime. Yeah, he's yeah.
1: amazing. Yeah, yeah It's great. been a long time since I've watched it from from beginning to end as well.
0: So that'll be a fun one. So, guys, check back next week. You're going to find us doing Jurassic Park. Go find that Schmodown episode. See how that ends. It was so much fun. Yes. And uh, of course, guys, get get amped. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media, and you guys can find me at Andrew Guy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for engineering, Steven. Welcome back to the booth. Yeah. yeah. See you guys next week. See you guys